The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. There are two sides to the broadcast industry, content creators and money makers. This podcast is for that second group, sellers, buyers, managers, anyone with an interest in business. You're all welcome here. This is Seller to Seller. Now, here's your host, Jeff Cabes. Paul Kramer is the director of broadcast solutions for Veritone, working with broadcasters and streamers and podcasters all over the globe. Before Veritone, Paul was executive VP of publisher development for North America for Triton, which a lot of us are familiar with. He's also held the VP of sales position way back at MJI Interactive, helping early adopters in radio profit from the Internet. What a concept. He'll be speaking at the Radio Masters Sales Summit. Brought to you by Radio Inc. in Miami, September 22nd, 23rd. His topic, increasing, increasing revenue and retaining clients. I mentioned your work with MJI and what attracted me to that is here we have the internet bubble bursting and you're out selling to broadcasters on how they can make money on it. How did that go? <laughs> yeah, hey, great to be here, Jeff. Well, you know, it, it is really funny because... In that time when the dot-com bubble burst, there was a lot of people who thought the internet was a fad. It was a distraction. Yeah. It's going to go away. You know, let's stay the course. Don't focus on it. But, you know, I mean, it was a different world back then. I mean, we literally, MJI was a syndication company originally, started doing short-form programming and show prep and all those things. And they applied the syndication model to the internet. And so these radio stations didn't even have websites uh, 22 years ago or whatever it might be. And we would create basically private label content for them, you know, using the syndication concept. If it was a rock station, we'd put together all of these rock stories for their, their format. We'd give them some ad space, put their logo on it and put it on the web. And they were just, their mind was blown. They thought, look at this, <laughs> our logo is on the web and we can sell an advertiser on it. You know, that was the, the, uh, <clears throat> the depth of their sophistication back then. So then, um, you know, people said, well, you know, I'd really like to build a website. I don't know how to do it. So we got into content management, you know, be able to update your website with low code and no code, which was unheard of at the time. And then really what started to happen, which is still really important today, is radio stations said, hey, how do I take my audience and start to disanonymize them? How do I build a database so I can communicate with them off air and be able to send them offers and, and, and market them and you know, get them engaged through contesting and stuff. And so we got into email marketing and database marketing and, and a whole bunch of things from there. But, but yeah, it was, it was an entirely different world, but a lot of those um, strategies still hold true today. I think with uh, database marketing and, and taking that on-air broadcast audience and disanonymizing them, right. So you can market to them. Was it your memory, Paul, that it was radio asking your industry for that solution? Or was it your industry bringing that solution to broadcasters and bringing them into data mining and databasing? And because if you looked at a, a organization in a typical radio station back at, in 2000 and who was doing that? Now the promotions director was like, I know how to set up remotes. What makes you think I know how to work a database? Yeah, you know, and, and it's interesting because I mean, a lot of a lot of the uh, the roles I've had in my career, we've been on the bleeding edge of technology, and and that was the case back then as well, where it was not clear who runs digital strategy. Is it the programming director, the brand manager? Is it promotions? I mean, you know, now we have a very clear delineation in a lot of companies where you've got a, a digital sales manager and, and a digital team, and that wasn't the case, you know, twenty plus years ago. So a lot of times there had to be some discovery on. You know who's in charge of this wolf it makes money i guess it, it 
falls under sales. You know, there was groups that thought the chief engineer should run their digital strategy because it was technology. <laughs> right? So, you know, imagine your 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 chief engineer being in charge of the programming strategy at the radio station. Right? It wasn't uh, wasn't a great fit all the time. Yeah, but that was your role. I imagine empathy had to be important because, as you understand, and now especially. Aren't, aren't you in situations where sometimes you don't want to come off as talking down to your audience, but when you're on the cutting edge of technology, you really are, <laughs> depending yeah, upon your audience, you know, right? And I, and I think really what, 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 the biggest, um, what the biggest benefit is for a lot of clients we work with is helping them understand they're not just in the radio business or they're not just in the audio business, they're in the audience business. Right, and that's really what happened with this too. It, it, it's how do we build audiences and how do we monetize those audiences? And, and we build those audiences by you know, great, compelling content, engagement, and, and different factors like that. And, and the internet's just another tool to to build audiences. You know, if we roll back the clock before, you were really pigeonholed into um, one particular medium based on an FCC license. You know, you mm -hmm. had a license to operate a fifty thousand watt station in this market or a TV station or whatever it might be. And now, you know, we've seen this convergence of media where traditional print publishers are getting into podcasting, right? And uh, audio publishers are now getting into video because there's no more barriers to entry to, to do all these things. So it really comes all, all back to what is the content? What's the best way to distribute that content? Get it out on multiple platforms and then monetize the audience. When you're selling this new technology, strategically speaking, Paul, do you lead with that to get their attention to say, look, I'm here to make you money and here's what your investment's going to be, but here's where your return is. Is that how you sort of shake the tree? Absolutely. Because, you know, with, with any sales job, um, you have to remember what's in it for the client. You know, we're not selling features and, and you know, things like that. We're, we're selling benefits. We're sell, selling results. And how does this impact their business and how does it make it better? You know, anecdotally, I got a call the other day from a sales manager at a fairly large market cluster. And she sits on the board of one of the state um, broadcasters associations. And she called me and said, hey, do you want to buy a package? You know, we're selling pack sponsorship packages for this show. And I, I was taken back for a minute because as a sales professional, I don't want to buy a sales package. Would I like to buy an opportunity to possibly generate more leads for our business or reach potential new clients? Yes, right. But buying a package, no. So I think, you know, in radio, that's a challenge in the past is that everybody's been used to selling inventory. We're not selling that in digital. We're selling results, right? We're selling uh, whatever that client's needs is. Is it, is it creating more exposure, more conversions? Is it creating uh, more discovery, right? And that's what happens in digital is we can kind of create packages and sell results instead of just selling inventory all right so dumb this down for us because you when i started this i talked about baritone and there is such a variety of services when you dumb that down how do you tell them here's what we do at baritone here's what's in it for you if you're a broadcaster yeah it, it's really easy to get into the weeds and what Veritone does. We do so many really cool things and we start talking about AI and we talk about workflows and people's eyes just glaze over, right? But at the end of the day, put the technology aside. Let, let's put aside okay. how we make the sausage. Um, what we deliver for clients is uh, increased revenue and larger share of ad spend, uh, fewer cancellations and more passive revenue. And that's really everything we do for media and entertainment kind of falls into those buckets. And 
you know, we work with over 2,000 radio and TV stations in seven countries. We work with major networks, uh, sports leagues and teams, studios, I mean, you name it. And everyone uses Veritone a little bit differently. Um, but what we, we do at our core from a technology standpoint is we use AI to better understand what's inside the content, right? Audio and video is the last vestige of unstructured uh, content really on the planet. Google indexed and, and took all of the world's HTML and made it searchable and targetable and stuff like that. We're doing the same thing for audio and video. But again, to, to kind of bring it back into everyday terms, mm -hmm. um, we've got tools that are helping broadcasters better understand where is the earned media they're delivering in their broadcast so they can get credit for that. Because so much of what we do in radio, we don't get credit for. We're also attributing uh, response to the advertising and actually showing that when you advertise in radio, it actually is a great driver of website traffic. And we're able to see, you know, what copies driving the most response and what times of day or day parts are driving the most response. And then thirdly, we have um, passive revenue solutions for clients that want to just do something as simple as liquidate some of their unsold inventory. And we do a whole bunch of other things too. You mentioned voice. I mean, this is a really exciting thing, you know, reaching new audiences through synthetic voice. So we can take a podcast, for instance, translate it into a new language in the host voice. And immediately that's accretive because they can reach an, an entirely new audience like, you know, the 40 million plus uh, Spanish speakers in the country without having to do any additional work. So, you know, we, we try to take a needs-based approach with our clients and, and see, you know, if we're going to focus on one or two things, let's not boil the ocean, but what can we do first to create the, the most impact for them? And the thing we hear over and over again, and I hear it whether I'm working with a client in the Asia Pacific region or Europe or the United States is that we're kind of getting beat up by digital. I mean, digital does a really good job. And when you buy digital, you get data. When you buy radio, you get an invoice, right? So um, we've, <laughs> <A lot of them. laughs> we, right, we've, we've become a very, advertising has become very data driven in the last decade, which is understandable. And so even though radio is extremely effective, it's still a great reach medium. It's been hard to demonstrate some of these metrics of success. And that's where Veritone comes in is with our technology, we can we can better demonstrate those metrics of success to put uh, traditional broadcasting on a level playing field with digital as well. So that when you buy radio, you can get better insights into everything that's uh, being delivered, uh, how it's affecting web traffic and a whole lot more. Paul, when you get into the weeds of the sales staff that is working with Veritone and other great digital marketers who are really more on the radio broadcasting piece of it, Mm -hmm. uh, what are those characteristics that some of them seem to have in common, maybe background-wise? The people that are in the business or have been for 20 years, 10 years, whatever, successful, that's the relationships that the broadcasters want to tap to take into larger revenue pieces. So guide us in, in where are these people coming from? Where could you find more of them? What are these characteristics they may or may not possess? One of the... The, the, the great characteristics is someone who has just a natural curiosity about technology. I think being able to want to be a, a natural um, problem solver and solve underspecified problems. I think really, again, with digital, you're, you're really going in back to sales 101 and selling solutions, doing a really in-depth customer needs analysis and understanding, okay, if I have this whole toolbox of digital tools, I'm not trying to sell them every tool in my toolbox. I'm just trying to use the right tools for the right job. And I, and I love that analogy because, you know, my wife has a honey-do list for me. And, and when I pull out my toolbox, I don't need a hammer every time. Sometimes I need a wrench. And so 
that's where um, you know understanding how these digital tools can help the client with their particular advertising objectives are really 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 helpful it's a challenging uh, time for salespeople because there is so much knowledge to know from the traditional side and the digital side. And I think that's where, why we do see the specialization of subject matter experts like the digital sales manager you mentioned, where you can pull that person in and, and do a little bit of team-based selling for um, mm -hmm. some of the, these things. But I think from a recruiting standpoint as an industry, you know, we, we've often um, heard these stereotypes that I think we all want to shed that, you know, radio is old media. It's traditional media. It's not new media, right? And we need to shed those things. And I think podcasting is, is helping us do that. And, and in that process, we'll attract, I think, you know, new blood and, and newer and younger um, people who want to work in this industry. And, you know, Gen X is the last analog industry that was out there, right? Um, you know, yeah. if you're Gen X, you, you remember a time before digital. Millennials and Gen Z don't remember a time uh, before digital. And in some ways, I think that makes them great sellers of digital because they've grown up using these platforms. I mean, they, they understand influencer marketing and social media and all these different things, and it's just kind of second nature to them. So I think that's really where a lot of um, these talent will come from really is, is really in recruiting new people out of school um, that just have a digital affinity and have grown up using these technologies. You, we talked about podcasting, or you mentioned it at least. I've I've talked to Seth Ressler and others about branded podcasts and how the iHearts and Cumulus and Westwood Ones are getting more and more, and you, Triton and getting more and more into marketing these. And mm -hmm. one of the competitive advantages that you'll hear when you go into the meetings through the broadcasting piece of it and the groups is, hey, we've got an over-the-air signal to promote these podcasts or this digital or that and that is a competitive advantage that many 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 people do not have so how important is that in your opinion in today's digital marketplace i think it's extremely important right it's the power of that loudspeaker and if if we go back to where we started where we were talking about that dot-com bubble um 20 plus years ago a lot of the great dot-com brands today were built on the backs of radio. I mean, brands like Monster.com and Travelocity and, and all these brands that we've come to know, they advertised heavily on radio. And still today, these brands have to go out and buy radio airtime. You know, all these new direct-to-consumer brands that, that want to um, make you aware of what they do. They go to radio, right, to create awareness and, and to drive traffic. And radio is really good at driving that. So by owning the radio station, right, we have our own self-promotion here that we can utilize. And so I think it's it's so important. We've done a lot of studies, you know, um, attributing web traffic back to radio. And there's a really strong correlation there that shows as the frequency of spots increases, um, the actual lift on the website traffic increases too. And there's a lot of variables that also affect that. You know, is there a richness of offer? Is there some novelty where you want to go to the website and actually learn more and see pictures of, you know, this contractor's work? If he's, uh, you know, building these these beautiful backyard landscapes, you hear about sure. it on the radio described, you want to go to the website and check it out, right? So so the, the, the web has become the new direct response medium, just like back in the 80s, the, uh, the 800 phone number was, right? Mm -hmm. And we can do a lot more with that. And I think, um, you know, that that loudspeaker is so important, not only for external promotion, for for driving response for clients, but for self-promotion, promoting your podcasts, your your brand extension, your other content and things that you're doing, because we have that audience, we can tap into them. And to my earlier point, we want to disanonymize them so we can uh, catalog them in a database through social media, through other means, so we can reach them and market them off air too. 
Um, because as we do know, you know, I think it's not always popular to say radio still is the number one reach medium, but that reach has uh, declined in the last few years. Um, yeah. and AQH is getting lower book over book or, or period over period. So, um, you know, let's use that loudspeaker while we have it, but then let's be able to reach those those listeners and the potential consumers off off air as well, too. Well, you made an interesting observation among many of them, but one of them was while we have it. And, you know, broadcasters and their terrestrial signals and there's those towers and everything it takes to make that happen, the real estate that goes with it, at what point that real estate is more valuable for other purposes. You, We've seen this in major metropolitan areas where they sell those off. Uh, and they contemplate, I'm sure, why don't we just stream this thing? <laughs> why don't we just go all digital with it? So how long does this go? How critical is that loudspeaker, as you put it, to making this work for broadcasters? And and what's the difference, Paul, between, well, what if somebody was going to launch a new podcast, Paul's Home Improvement Tips, and you just bought a bunch of Google and Facebook ads to promote it and you know, people are people, right? You're just generating people to listen. So that's a lot to cover, but what are your thoughts on any of those things? Yeah, you know, and, and it's 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 interesting because a lot of younger consumers now, I mean, I, I think of radio and you may too, because we've been in the business a while as that traditional over the air terrestrial signal. Younger consumers think of radio as this all encompassing term of podcast streaming over the air. It's just audio to them, right? It, it, that's radio. It's it's mm -hmm. live talk and, and live uh, music entertainment. So, you know, I, I think the, the whole idea of this distribution monopoly is, is no longer the case. And a few years ago um, at the Consumer Electronics Show, it was mentioned that consumers want to consume video on the best available screen. So if you're sitting at home in front of your 65 inch flat screen, you're going to use that. Um, but if you're, you know, sitting in your car um, waiting to pick up your kids, you might consume video on your smartphone. And the same is true with audio. You're going to consume it in the most convenient or best available means that you have. And for a lot of consumers, that's been in the dashboard. It's been baked in as an, you know, FM signal for years. Right. And now, as we know, many cars are coming with connectivity. Um, we've got infotainment systems with apps on them. We've got Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. We've got a whole new host of ways to consume this. And so consumers will go the path of least resistance. And so that's where I think, you know, just digging in and saying, hey, we're really focused on our, our over-the-air audience is probably a mistake. I mean, we still want to cultivate that audience, but we need to be um, available digitally so there's time shifting so people can consume it when they want to consume it where they want to consume it and how they want to consume it and i think that's going to be the trend of the future like we've seen in video all right so you're going to spend a couple hours and then you're going to network all over the place in miami at the master sales summit and you're going to speak about you know three concrete ideas to raise revenue and retain clients and that could cover a lot of different things and i'm sure it involves what veritone does but uh, if we are a seller of digital uh, media through radio companies or selling terrestrial radio, what what are just a couple of ideas, Paul, that you think somebody could walk away from this and say, well, I'm going to try that? Yeah, well, I think, again, being able to show results is so important. And if we can easily help those sellers do it, it's going to make them get more renewals, get a larger share of spend, um, and really shorten the sales cycle that they have with their clients. One of the uh, one of the heads of research at a, at a major broadcast group recently told me he surveyed all of their salespeople nationally mm -hmm. and asked them what questions they frequently get from their advertisers. The mm -hmm. number one question was, how do I know my advertising works? 
across the board. I mean, it was not even that's not changed. <laughs> that has not changed, right? So what I think we can help with in Veritone is um, being able to track not only spot advertising, which we've been able to do, but all of the in-content advertising that's happening now with brand placements, presenting sponsorships, billboards, endorsements, promos, giveaways. There's real value to that. And how many people are buying radio and they're spending, let's say, $5,000 for a schedule and they're getting $7,000 of value, but we're not able to quantify that because mm -hmm. it's not locked. And that's where Veritone comes in and it's AI listening is we're able to say, you know what, you got an extra $2,000 worth of value because here's how many times you were mentioned um, in conjunction with this presenting sponsorship you had or because of the giveaways and promos we did. And here's how many additional impressions that created. Here's the value of that earned media. And you know what, if you take your investment with us, divided by all that earned media, your effective cost per mention or cost per thousand is really, really attractive compared to spending it somewhere else. The other thing that we're doing again is, is we can help them attribute web traffic. So it's not about showing that radio works, mm -hmm. but how do I optimize that campaign to mm -hmm. say, hey, Mr. Car Dealer, you're spending a lot of money with us and we're still able to, I'm showing you right here, we're able to drive new people to your website to check out your inventory who have never been there before. Or, you know, we have two different spots running, something about um, incentive advertising for $1,000 off a truck or, um, you know, Labor Day sale. And guess what? We found out that the incentive advertising actually drove more consumers to your website. So let's use that more often in your schedule because it's getting you better response. So the types of data that you get with digital for campaign optimization and being able to make decisions to increase your ROI, we're able to help radio do to make it again, more competitive with these mediums and more efficient uh, so that the consumer can not only see that ROI, but maximize it as well too. Do you think it can go so far, Paul, as to compete with the pay-per-click business where you can, through your AI listening, determine how many people actually went and clicked on that truck $3,000 behind MSRP by Monday at five? We can. I mean, we can We can still see that, hey, every time you're on the air, um, we're seeing an increase in website traffic. Here's the keywords they're using to get to your website um, when they hear about you on the air. So maybe we should change the copy up a little bit because they're actually, you know, searching for something similar to what we're talking about on the air after they hear it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's really about providing insights. I mean, I, I liken it to, you know, flying an airplane with, instrumentation or without instrumentation. I mean, you definitely want that instrumentation. And this is really bringing that instrumentation uh, into the, the sales process and the sales dialogue, which is nice. Paul, tremendous insight. I'm sure that uh, you're as excited as anybody to get down to Miami and, and present more information. We really appreciate your time and all the work that you've done. Well, thanks, Jeff. I, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks to Paul Kramer for joining me on Seller to Seller. You can find more information on Paul on LinkedIn. Catch him at that Radio Master Sales Summit with Radio Inc. in Miami, September 22nd and 23rd. Please review, subscribe to this podcast, pass it along. That's how we grow. You can email me, jeffks54 at gmail.com with interview requests. Check barrettsportsmedia.com for weekly sales columns and past pods. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Seller to Seller with Jeff Caves. Each episode is available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, the iHeart app, and most podcasting platforms. To stay in touch with Jeff, follow him on Twitter at Jeff Caves and read his sales columns on BarrettSportsMedia.com.